0: everybody! Okay, so normally I batch the podcast. This is Joy Foster, the founder of TechPixies. We help women upskill the social media, particularly, but also WordPress and digital marketing in order to return to work, change careers, and start a business. And normally I batch the podcast slash videocasts that go up every week on Tuesdays at 12, um, because it makes my my life easier. But today I'm live. Uh, We just finished a live training in our Facebook um, social media pop-up group, which is just going gangbusters and so much fun. Uh, I think this morning we had 173 people, men and women in that group, um, learning all about the Foster Foundations for Social Media Success and also the six Bs. So if you're interested in learning things and CPD accreditation and why it's important and why you should understand social media professionally, definitely go check out our free training, techpixies.com forward slash free training. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Today is, uh, as you know, uh, well, some of you know, not everybody knows, but I, a week and a bit ago, was in Wales, uh, at Ironman Wales. So I have some proof that I actually did go. So here's my 488. I did have a tattoo on my arms forever. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marianne. And uh, then I have my hat, so that's pretty cool, swag, and then I even have... I gotta le- reach over and get it. my bag, my Ironman Wales bag. However, uh, if you were following me on my personal Facebook, um, you will know I have only those things. So I do not have a medal, uh, I do not have a finisher's t-shirt, uh, I do not have the right to say I am an Ironman. Um, These are things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to say I'm an Ironman. I wanted to be able to say that I completed the course. And as those of you who have been following this story will know, I did the swim in an hour and 22 minutes. It went like awesome. Um, And I was really proud of myself and I didn't get attacked by sharks. And, um, you know, I overcame that mega, mega fear of swimming in the sea. I only saw a few jellyfish. That was about as bad as it got. Um, and then I got out of the water and then I had, um, a transition that was pretty good. I don't know if I could have been any faster. Um, it was 10 minutes around, nine minutes. Uh, I mean, I think most people were between five and 10 minutes. So I I did all right. Um, if I'd known, I may have gone a little bit faster, but you know, it was my first Ironman. I have to say. It was super overwhelming. Um, Marianne wants to know if I saw Gareth. I did not see him. However, um, if you did watch Gareth's story, uh, there were all of these people in pink shirts that were cheering someone on, and I stood next to that person. So whoever that person is, um, he had a big cheering squad. Uh, And by the way, I do think Gareth should do Strictly Come Dancing. If anyone is a Strictly fan, I think we should get on that and make that happen. Um, So anyway, so I get out of the water, I did my transition. Uh, and I, um, got on the bike and the bike is three laps. Okay. So I don't know. I'm not getting really technical on triathlon stuff because I mean, you're not really here for that. You're here for more of the story, but basically the first lap is quite, um, easy compared to the other two and then the other two are really difficult and so uh I had been told by my coach to pace it and to go out at you know a relatively easy pace almost feel guilty about it so that um by the time I get to the marathon I still have legs to run the marathon right so it's it's a 2.4 um mile swim 112 mile bike ride and then a marathon at the end so you actually have to go all the way through. So um, anyway, long story short, at about two hours in, which is the end of the first lap, I kind of knew I was, you know, I wasn't doing great in terms of I was doing what I was supposed to do on the plan, but I wasn't... um, Probably gonna. I was gonna be close. I was gonna be on the line. So my husband, my lovely husband, started texting me messages saying, "You know, you're you're just this side of the cutoff," and like kind of keeping me motivated. So I really went for it on the second two laps. But of course, the second two laps are the absolute hardest. And what you find out when you um, kind of finish the Ironman, especially Ironman Wales, is people have like there are people that won't even sign up for Ironman Wales because it is so hard. Um, and I. I didn't obviously I didn't get that message that it was that hard so uh, cuz I signed up and uh, you know and I and I just had no idea I you know and that's kind of naivety that's kind of fun I suppose Um, people said it was hard but I didn't really know how hard it is so when you're coming up on the the second and the third lap there is a 16 percent incline so 16 percent is huge and it was uh and actually i I managed to do it both times um i'll talk about some of the moments i'm really proud of uh but one of the moments i'm really proud of is the fact that when i came around on the second lap and i knew i was on the edge of whether or not i was going to make the cut or not i knew that if i got off my bike and walked my bike i would be out i knew the game was over and so i committed to myself before i even got to the hill um, the 16 percent incline hill that i was going to go for it no matter what whether or not I made it to the cut, I wanted to know in my head that I had done everything I could to make the cut. And that was such a powerful moment for me. I'd say that was one of one of the biggest moments in the race when I just said to myself, it doesn't matter if I make the cutoff or not, what matters is whether or not I believe that I gave it my all and didn't quit. So as I'm going around the second lap and I'm coming up the hill, I am It is so painful it's sixteen percent incline, and everyone around me is walking everyone I, wa- I, pa- I passed four men who were walking their bikes, and at the top of the hill there was a man sitting there with his bike there was a There was not a woman to be seen um, out of two thousand three hundred competitors, only twelve percent were women. And um, that statistic really shocked me. Um, I went into the, 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 the race briefing and there were like five women in the room. And I just remember thinking, I just didn't expect that. You know, in a marathon, it's kind of 50-50. Definitely in a 10K or a half marathon, you're going to see 50-50, um, sometimes even more women than men. But I just didn't expect it to be that dire in terms of um, the percentage differences. So um, I just, I've been processing this for a week. Um, I didn't take my tattoos off for a week and also um, I didn't even take off my bracelet, so I'll just show you my little bracelet um, that uh, I, I finally did take off, but I pasted it into my journal. And I would recommend, if you're listening to this for the first time, or if you've been listening to it for a while or you're watching it, If you don't have a journal and you're not tracking the dreams and hopes that you have for the future and also um, the concerns that you have. I have a prayer journal, so obviously I'm lifting up a lot of concerns so that I don't have to bear them myself. But if you don't have some kind of a place to write things down, I recommend very, very highly that you start that practice. Um, It makes a massive difference uh, on your day to day. Um, mentality. And also what I love is coming back like a year later, two years later, five years later, I've been doing journals since 2004. So it's now 2019. So 15 years. And I've got I can go back to almost any point in my life in the last 15 years and I can see where I was and I can see where I wanted to be and I can see if I did it or if I didn't do it. So um, anyway, I guess the point is I have been processing this for a week and I've been processing it in my journal. I've been processing it through prayer. Um, It's a mega thing to process. It's not as big as like, let's say, failing to make the Olympic team, if you will, um, where I did that twice. And uh, that took me 10 years to get over. I don't think this is going to take me 10 years, but I'm also... I'm also um, 11 years down the line for how I process um, failure and disappointment. So can I just say, this isn't an overnight thing either. Uh, yes, Marianne, I'm gonna get to your question. So Marianne's watching this live um, and she says, so killer question, have you decided if you're going to enter another Ironman? You're gonna have to wait till the end to find that out. Um, but what I wanna do is talk about processing things, particularly processing a failure uh, because, uh, you know, everyone says, oh, you didn't fail. And you're right. I feel like I did not fail. So what they give you when you don't get a medal at the Ironman is a DNF, a big fat DNF and a DNF stands for did not finish. Um, but it doesn't stand for did for, well, what I say it says it stands for is did not fail, right? I did not fail. I did not finish, but I did not fail. And I'm really, really adamant about that. And I think, um, and I'm going to talk about some of the tools that I use to kind of um, process that. But let's let's so let's talk about the first tool that I use for processing things, especially um, failure. But I think you should process success in the same way because I think it, even though it might be easier to process success. Um, you need to kind of process both failure and success so that you can see what's working and what's not working. Okay, does that make sense? So um, I have a three question framework. Uh, I did not make this up. Um, I, When I first started out in business, I didn't know anything about business, so I did a business startup course and it was offered free by the county council and I had to sign a piece of paper saying that I was accepting um, what I think at the time was like, you know, um, money, like social European money. That's kind of running out soon, but anyway, that was a brilliant course, and the guy who ran it he had built a really um, cool and well-known startup in the fashion world. And so he did a 12 week course on how to start up a business. And at that point, everything I had ever done was always in the charity um, and um, non nonprofit space. So the concept of learning to build a business where I actually had to charge people money and I had to try and build up a profit so that I could grow the business or give back to community or, you know, whatever, give back to investors. That was like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. So you know, the first thing you need to do when you don't know anything about something is learn, right? You just sign up to learn how to do it. So I did the Startup Success course. And the framework that they gave us was that every week when we would come in, before we would start to learn, they would ask us three questions. And we would be in a small group and we'd answer those questions together. So the three questions were, what went well? Um, what could have gone better? And uh, what's the plan now, okay? So I think these questions are great so I did that exercise myself just to kind of think about it um, and I want to set the tone a little bit before I go into this because I mentioned before that I tried out for two Olympic teams I did I tried out for the Olympic archery team in 2004 for the US um, which was in Athens and in 2008 also for the US, which was in Beijing. And uh, in 2004, I was sixth, and they took the top three. And in 2008, I was ranked fifth in the country, I'd won second at the indoor nationals, and I finished seventh in the first Olympic trials, and then I pulled a muscle, like, well, actually not pulled, I tore a muscle. And the doctors said to me, well, you can keep training, uh, or no, sorry, you can take take, um, nine months off, and you'll probably be okay, or you can have a surgery and take six months off, and you'll probably be okay. And the problem was, that um the trials were the second trials were just a couple months away um so i went to the trials um and just fought through it with lots of Um, Pain medication and tears, um, but I hadn't picked up a bow from the end of the first trials till the second trials I was just in so much pain and so anyway I fell off the deep end and totally lost that one and I kind of decided that I didn't want to put another four years of my life into something um, if I wasn't gonna get it and it turns out in 2012 the Olympic team um, went from two people in 2008 down to one person, I think, in 2012. I think that's what happened. Um, and and so it would have been almost, you know, it would have been really hard. And to give it another four years. So I'm going to talk about that too, like when it's okay to quit, because that's another framework that I love. So if you're watching this on the video, um, I've got a book here called The Dip by Seth Godin. If you're listening, Get the Dip by Seth Godin. It's a brilliant book. I'm going to walk you through it a little bit because that'll talk to you. I'll talk to you a bit about how I've used this to decide when to quit certain things and when to carry on. Okay. So the three question framework, um, what went well, what could have gone better and what's the plan? Oh, sorry. And I wanted to set the scene. So just going back to the archery and the failure that I felt, um, with archery and the pain that I felt from archery. I said, it took me 10 years to get over that. It took me 10 years to get over that. I, I, uh, and actually, I probably it probably took me a little bit longer than that. It probably took me 11 years, and I'll tell you why. Because when I was at the, at, the, at the Ironman, and I was in the water, and I was swimming, first of all, when you get in the water, there's 40,000 people there. 40,000, right? I mean, I don't even think that many people go and watch the archery in the Olympics. I mean, it was 40,000 people, and they were all, you know, supporters. There's 2,000 athletes, so, you know, everyone's got um, quite a few people, and then the town comes out and all this stuff. And you just have this wall of people and noise. And the fire goes off, and then you go into the water. And so, and the thing is, is the pros are ridiculously fast, right? So I'm coming out for, I came out of the water for my second lap and was going back in, and uh, the pros were already done. And all I'm all I'm hearing as I'm going out is just this roar. So I'm kind of going swimming, and then you're rah, and then you're swimming. Rah. And it was insane. And I was, and I just remember in that moment thinking, this is my Olympic moment. This is the moment that I always wanted, I always craved, I always, you know, got hyped up about, you know, that that moment. And I think for me it would have been if I made the Olympic team, you know, I wasn't good enough to win an Olympic medal, absolutely not. But if I'd made the Olympic team, I would have walking out on the Olympic opening ceremonies. that is something to behold. Like it's incredible. I sat. I sat there during the Athens Olympic opening ceremonies thinking that's gonna be me in four years, and just the roar of the crowds and the people, you know, the community and all of that, it was insane. So I felt like I missed that. And that was the thing that I loved the most about the Olympics was the idea of being part of something really big and bigger than yourself. And so when I was swimming on the second lap and I come out of the water and I just hear this all this yelling. I just thought, this is it. No matter what happens today, I've had my Olympic moment. And there's the. I feel like in that instant, there was a huge amount of healing that happened for me. I never was happy about finishing the Olympic stuff, my Olympic dreams, the way I did. It was really not the way I wanted it to go. For every Olympian that's out there on the starting line or getting a medal, there are thousands of athletes that didn't make it. And there's a few you know, special people that got close into the top 10 for each of those spots, but that's still thousands of people. And my husband, Tim, some of you know, uh, he's an Olympic gold medalist and um, he was at uh, his anniversary. So that was um, yesterday, his 19th anniversary from winning his Olympic gold medal was yesterday. So it's really interesting. I always find it interesting to be married to an Olympic gold medalist, to someone who not only walked into the Olympics, but then took home the prize. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, and he is, uh, you know, he's quite an exceptional person. And he, you know, he thinks differently than most people. And, um, you know, he works harder than most people. And so, you know, there's, there's, there are some attributes. He's also super lucky. He's got this You know, amazing ability to row. Like he's actually a really good rower, and um, one of his assets in the boat wasn't being the biggest, strongest guy. It was being the most technically sound, and also the guy who was willing to say the things that maybe not everyone wanted to hear. So, um, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent there. But what I what I what I want to say is that it took me 11 years. If I'm being really honest, I thought I had processed the failure of not making the Olympic team. I really did. I really thought at 10 years, I thought, you know what, I'm okay with this. I'm totally I'm totally cool with the fact that I didn't make the Olympic team and it doesn't bother me anymore. Um, but it, it all resurfaced when I was at the Ironman. So I just wanted to um, highlight that moment because that was a really special moment. Okay, so now let's get back on track. Um, what went well? I showed up, right? I showed up. There are people who get a DNS, which is did not start because they didn't show up. So I knew that I had come in, and I'm gonna get to this in a second, with less training than I wanted to have, but I showed up, okay, so that's number one. I gave it my all. I promised myself on that bike ride that no matter what happened, I was gonna go all the way to the end, you know, and and I was gonna give it my all, you know, even if I didn't make it to the cut because I knew it was gonna be one minute one way or the other, I was gonna give it my all. So I showed up, I gave it my all, I stuck to the race plan, okay? Now, I probably would have made the cut if I had gone off the race plan and I had pushed myself a little bit more in the first lap. However, that doesn't mean I still would have finished, right? It's. I mean, I, I think I would have, but i may not have made it on the run because i may have overextended myself so that by the time i got to the run i couldn't have done it so i had a coach and i trusted her she's a world champion in ironman um and she's qualified for the world championships obviously and um so she's a world champion in the half ironman distance and then she is a um a, a world championship qualifier and i think top 10 finisher in the world championships for the ironman and she just got fourth place at the norseman which is like this insane race. I mean, it's insane. She has, you like have to have support. It's so insane. So, you know, I knew that I could trust her. I just, you know, I, so I did. So I trusted her. So I stuck to the race plan. So, you know, no matter whatever happened, I can't say that I failed because I didn't stick to the race plan. That's also something that I that matters to me. And I didn't do that. Um, and I never quit, right? I did not fail. I might've had a did not finish, but I never quit. I did not fail. So that's what went well. Um, other things that went well, I had an incredible amount of support on social media from the Tech Pixies, from my family uh, who came along with me to Wales, uh, from the people who couldn't make it to Wales, uh, my friends um, and family who couldn't make it to Wales. Uh, we, I raised um, almost 1,500 pounds for uh, Sobel House, which is for my father-in-law in honor of my father-in-law who died on the 3rd of September, um, and um, so, you know, there's a lot of really wonderful things that came out of it, and so much support, oh my gosh, I, I did not anticipate that, you know, I really didn't, it, it blew me away then, and it still blows me away now, that people, followed it, that they um, wrote to me about it, that they were messaging me about it, that they were calling me about it. Um, I felt like a superhero, and and I know I'm not. And that was just, it was fun to be a superhero for the day. Um, and that was exciting. So I that went well, that went super well. Okay, let's talk about what could have gone better. All right, so again, we're talking about a framework, a three-question framework to deal with success and failure. So what went well, what could have gone better, what's the plan? So what could have gone better? Well. I haven't been able to work out the exact numbers because my internet crashed last night, but I'm pretty sure I only did about 60% of the training I was supposed to do. So um, not to get too technical here, but in a triathlon you have kind of a number, Um, that you're working on, on training peaks. And so when I started my training, obviously you start at zero and you work your way up. And um, I had got all the way up to about 73. And really the plan that I was on, I was supposed to be at around 90. Um, And then the other thing too, is when you taper, Uh, That that number drops off quite a lot. So you get up to 73 and then it drops down to like 63 for example. And for me, it really dropped down um, partly for two reasons. Again, I don't want to get too technical here, but I I had two weeks of tapering as one because obviously my father-in-law died in the week of my last, my penultimate week. So um, I I, I just, and you can't, right? You've got family issues, you gotta take care of those family issues. So I just couldn't do the training I needed to do. So in total, I only did about 60% of the training that I needed to do. Now anyone in any situation in life, if you do 60% of what you're going to do, chances are your results aren't going to be what you want them to be, right? That's like effective life. So that could have gone better. Um, and it wasn't. Trust me, it wasn't the last two weeks that lost this thing for me. Um, I had been training for four years for this, um, and I found it very difficult to get up to the volume of training and the consistency of training that you actually need to do to complete this sucker. Right? So. When you're doing an Ironman, it is it is like six to seven days a week of training and your training isn't like, let's go for a little half an hour you know, jog around the block. It's like two hour jogs and four hour bike rides and hour and a half swims and oh my goodness, like it was difficult. For me to do that, I, I have two kids. I have an eight year old. I have a nine year old. I run a business. Um, Tech Pixies has gone through massive changes in the last year. We took on investments. So I've got investors that I've got to, you know, show up for. I've got amazing tribe of women that I've got to show up for. Um, I, I've got a husband that I'd like to know and stay married to. Um, and i'm 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 you know the de, the the de, what is it called the de facto um women's coach for or the girls coach for the donnington foxes and um you know and so i you know i'm 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 busy right so you throw all these things in and you kind of think you know it was a bit ambitious, ambitious for me to think I would do hundred percent but also the energy the energy to get up and do an hour and a half ride or get up and do a four and a half hour ride or You just got to have the energy and you got to go to bed on time. And all of you know, I don't go to bed on time and all that stuff. But I did, I ate a lot better and I slept a lot better while I was doing the Ironman. So that went well. Um, But yeah, anyway, I only did about 60% of what I needed to do. And 60% in America is considered a D. It's not a fail, but it's a D. And it just means in America, you have A, B, C, D, uh, and then F. And if you have 60%, you're in the D range. So that's where I was. And I knew it, um, I totally knew it, and I knew how hard it had been, and I knew I tried, but I knew I was coming in lower than where I wanted to be. All right, um, okay, my second thing that could have gone better, I totally underestimated how challenging the Ironman is. Like, I really underestimated it. I'm, I'm just gonna, I've got, if you are watching this, you'll see my smile, if you're listening to this, I've got a smile on my face, like that naive smile, like, I had no clue what I was getting into. Now the good news is, is if I had done any other Ironman, right, there's a really good chance I would have finished the bike ride. I mean, well I did finish the bike ride, but a really good chance I would have gotten to run. Ironman Wales, as it turns out, is one of the toughest Ironman cycling circuits in the entire world, okay? Which I think I just assumed it wouldn't be because it's in the United Kingdom, right? But a lot of the courses are much flatter. So I I think I underestimated, well, I definitely know I underestimated how difficult that ride was going to be. Um, I Nowhere in my wildest dreams did I think it was going to take me nine hours um, to finish. Yes, nine hours and eight minutes I sat on a bike right? I had, I didn't know that that was coming. Um, I really thought I could do it at least an hour faster. Um, and then I think the third thing, just on a technical point, I didn't fully, um, take advantage of how the race course works. So because I'd never done it before and because I've never done an Ironman before and because I'm relatively new to triathlon, I do a couple triathlons a year and I have done for the last few years. Oh, did we just lose connection? Ah, No, what's going on? Well, if you're still watching, I think I've just had a technical issue. Might have to pick this up in a second. It's just totally frozen on my end. Still got the green button on, so I'm gonna assume it's still going. Ah, okay, here we go, I'm back on. Okay, I'm very sorry about that. Um, But I didn't take full advantage of the course. And what that means is there's three loops. I didn't realize that the first loop is probably where I had the most gain in terms of speed. And knowing how much I was going to fall off the other two, again, I you know who knows I'm quite inexperienced at this, so I uh, did the race plan, and you know I didn't make it. So, but what could have gone better? I could have understood the course a little bit better. Okay, now the three question framework: What went well? What could have gone better? What's the plan? So, Marianne, this is your question. So, I have processed this a lot. Right? Do I go back to life as normal? you know, and just do kind of, uh, three workouts a week, a little bit of a run. Heidi wants to do a triathlon, my little nine-year-old daughter, uh, in October. So I've kind of said to her, okay, I'll do three swims with you or three runs in the morning with you. Um, just a little half an hour loop and I'll do a swim with you on, you know, Thursday afternoons and I'll do a bike ride with you on Sundays and, you know, kind of at Heidi's pace, which will be really nice pace for me. Um, although she's quite quick on the run. Um, so do I just go back to normal? Do I just like, you know, do uh, normal things fitness-wise or do I pick a new goal? So maybe I do a marathon because maybe uh, I should do a marathon because I didn't do the marathon in the Ironman and maybe that'll help me to complete the circle and, you know, feel like, okay, I actually can run a marathon. Uh, So maybe I do the marathon and I've been looking at marathons that I can do kind of in the next three months to kind of complete that, that, you know, complete it. after an Iron Man, you have to give your body a little bit of time to rest. Uh, and then I've thought, do I tackle the goal again, right? Do I face the dragon? That's what they call it. You know, face the dragon, the 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 way, the Welsh dragon. Um, this dragon, I think he's on here. Yes, there's the dragon. Do I face the dragon? Um... <laughs> Everyone I know keeps saying to me, Joy, you don't have to do this. You don't have to face the dragon. You don't have to sign up again. You know, you like you've, you're you're amazing no matter what. And I appreciate that everyone is saying that to me. Um, so I have gone back to a book that I love and know very very well called The Dip, uh, and. It's a little book that teaches you when to quit and when to stick. And I have used this book as a guide uh, for myself for a long time. I I bought it when I was in Chula Vista at the Olympic Training Center in California. I was training there full time from 2006 to about late 2007, so almost two years. And I bought the book when I was trying to decide if I should quit archery. And, uh, interestingly enough, I ended up making the decision that it was time to quit archery. Um, and the book talks a lot about how you make that decision and whether or not you, you know, you, you make it through the dip and come out of it. And I've seen amazing athletes like, um, Brady Ellison, he's an, he's an archer. And he, he was there when I was at the Olympic training center. He was 16. I was 26. And, um, you know, he's been through some dips, um, but he just won the world championships. He's got more gold medals in his Um, you know, a trophy box than anybody else in the world, but he still doesn't have his gold medal. Um, He's got silvers and bronzes from the Olympics, but not a gold, and I'm I'm saying it now, this guy's probably got the best chance to win a gold medal in the next Olympics, in the 2020 Olympics, because I've seen him come through the dip and come out on top, so, if you can get through the dip, the rewards are huge. And that's what the book talks about. The book talks about the, the, the rewards for the people who make it to the top and actually you know, stick it out. Um, but, and what he talks about is deciding whether or not you can still be the best in the world at something. Now for me, archery wasn't about being the best in the world, it was about being the best in the country and being able to represent the country at the Olympics. That's what it was about for me. And I got to a point after trying to make two Olympic teams and being on four national teams um, and having gone to several World Cups and World Ranking events that I I wasn't willing to sacrifice more time in my life to do that dream. And that's okay. You know, it's totally okay to say I'm not willing to sacrifice my life anymore for this. That's okay. And actually what he talks about in the dip is that those are very intelligent decisions that not sticking something out um, any further is actually can actually be better for you uh, in the long run. And so I'm really, really glad that I made that decision and I'm really glad I used the book to help me make that decision. Um, I've used the book, The Dip, for when I was building Tech Pixies. There have been points in TechPixies which have been really difficult and I've talked about them. Fortunately, they're in the past. You know, we are on this really amazing journey at the moment, but I wouldn't be on the amazing journey now if I didn't stick it out through The Dip. And that dip came in about January of 2018, when I could have walked away, um, knowing that I'd helped 100 women, and I could have just, you know, I didn't owe anybody anything, I had no debt, and I could just go and get a job. Um, And at the time, it almost sounded appealing. Um, And then I met this wonderful woman named Addie Pinkster. And she looked at me, and she told me what I tell women all the time, you can do it. You know, she said, I believe in you, you've got an amazing product, Uh, you need to make this happen. And she helped me to get my act together, get my attitude turned around, and get focused on what we could do if we raised money to grow Tech Pixies and I have been on this just amazing journey probably since about March of 2018 until now it has been just so much fun and such a learning journey my I was just saying to someone yesterday my brain has probably in, doubled in size with the amount of information I've had to put into my head to transform the business into what I want it to be and that's why I always say um, you know, it's about the sparkle, which is our supportive, positive, authentic relationships with women who are keen to learn and ready to be empowered. But it's also about thriving. I decided two years ago, I was done surviving, it was time to start thriving. And I believe that in all my core that for such a long time, I have lived in the survival mode, and I'm done living in survival mode. And so many of the women that come through our program, they're done They're done living in survival mode. They want to move out of survival mode and into thriving mode. And that's why we're here. That's why Tech Pixies exists. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I do the things like the Iron Man. Because the Iron Man makes me feel like I'm thriving, right? I got such a high out of doing the Iron Man. I felt so empowered. Um, You know, just to know I was one of the 12% of women who showed up that day that I gave it my all that I'm, you know, and I just remember, I I mean, I was sad, I was disappointed, I cried um, at the end, but I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was worth going for. And I knew that it was something that um, I needed to do. So I'm still working through the dip. I'm still trying to decide. Quite frankly, I feel like I'm at the very beginning of an Ironman journey, but I may not want to do that. I'm going to check out the uh, Headington Ladies Football Club um, on Wednesday night, and see if that's something I want to do. Uh, like I said, I've been kind of de facto uh, made head of the girls' coaching team for Donington Foxes, and I know nothing about football, so I kind of feel like I should learn something about football. Um, I need to give myself time to heal, my body to heal, and you know, and just see where we're at. Yeah, I have to say, the Ironman is a huge undertaking. Um, so I, I. I'm not going to say never. You know, if you say that, that's never a good idea. So I haven't made a decision yet. Okay, I'm going to use that powerful little word with a big meaning. I haven't made a decision yet. I don't know if I'm going to go for an Ironman Man again yet. Chances are pretty good that when everything, the dust settles and, you know, I dig deep, I, I may decide to do it. But I'm not committing to that yet, you know. And I think it's really important to know that it's okay if you decide not to go for something, it's okay, right? And like he says in the dip, you know what? It's not the thing for you. So go find the thing for you. Everyone, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, everyone has something that they are supposed to be doing on this earth. We all have a part to play. So you need to figure out what that is. And it means you might need to try this and try that and try this and try that. But you need to to get to the point where you go, this is me. I am the person that I always wanted to become. And if you're not sure who that person is, I would recommend you do a visualization exercise. And if you're in the Tech Fixies program, we have a visualization exercise, but it's really just closing your eyes and just letting the thoughts flood to you and the feelings flood to you about all the hopes and dreams you have for your life because those things are ingrained deep inside you. And trust me, you don't have the same ones I have and I don't have the same ones you have. 99% of people watching this video do not want to do the Ironman, and that's okay, right? But I don't want to go and be on Strictly Come Dancing, or you know, there's other things that I don't I don't want to do. Well, you know, I mean, I, I say that, and I'm thinking, hmm, would I do it? Um, but you know, there's other things that that you know you want to do that I don't want to do. And the point is, whatever you're drawn to, those are the things you're supposed to be doing. You need to explore You need to be exploring those, and you need to be taking those on right so that's the end of my message um, today I just wanted to leave you with the framework um, of how to deal with failure and success so the three-part framework which is what went well what could have gone better what's the plan Uh, and then also um, I just wanted to encourage you if you are thinking that you're going through a dip uh, or you you know maybe you have failed at something or it's not going as well as you would like it to that you check out the book the dip because um, it gives you permission to quit. And I think that that is just as important as pushing yourself to succeed. So I'm signing off now. I hope you have a great week and we'll catch up with you next week.